Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Amy. Amy is a biracial, bisexual, same, uh, not, not biracial, bisexual, uh, non-binary, almost 42-year-old raising their family in their hometown of Hampton Roads. Um, for anybody that's not familiar with Hampton Roads, it's uh, it's a huge place with like five cities, including Virginia Beach. Uh, so anybody that's like gone to Virginia Beach, it's all of that, all of it. It was so overwhelming when I moved there because I came from like small town, upstate New York, more cows than people. And I moved to Hampton Roads and I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of people. <laughs> Megalopolis. Yeah. Uh, Amy has a background in uh, geology and I love your post side now um, with all the like rocks and plants and all the creatures and everything. And I'm like, Yes, you're a lady after my own heart, uh, but has never in their life been employed as geologists. Instead, they have worked at the intersections of environment, community, and family life. Currently working with local nonprofits, Teens with a Purpose, the Creative Reuse Center, and newly formed abortion fund, Hampton Roads Reproductive Justice League. Amy's focus is reproductive justice which covers all their passions, bodily autonomy for everyone, and upbringing families in a safe and sustainable communities. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. So I'd love for you to kick it off uh, with telling us what got you into forming the Reproductive League. Like, what is your personal story? Because you have a personal story behind it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would love to have you share that with us. Um, well, uh, it started by answering a post in a Facebook group by, um, another, uh, member that was starting it. Uh, it was an arm of, uh, the Tidewater DSA. Um, and, uh, it's, a it was, it's still a pretty ragtag team. Uh, we're about five, uh, five members with another handful of volunteers. Um, but what got me to answer that post was, uh, I had my second abortion in 2019 and uh, I needed financing for it. And I was uh, directed to the Richmond Reproductive Freedom Project, which is an abortion fund in Richmond. And before that, I had never heard of a fund before. I didn't mm-hmm. know this resource was available to anyone. Um, and abortion funds, uh, Blue Ridge Abortion Fund has been around in Virginia for almost 40 years there's also New River Abortion Fund out in the Southwest um, and uh, ARC, uh, the ARC Fund uh, in Northern Virginia. And all around, there's a DC Fund, a Baltimore Fund, a North Carolina Fund. Um, and, uh, you know, we learned late, uh, late in the fall, uh, a lot of people learned about the Texas Fund, the T Funds, the Lilith mm-hmm. Fund, all the funds in the South, and just how important they are. You know, we're used to hearing about. Um, Planned Parenthood and abortion care providers even, but I never knew what a fund was. Um, and uh, they uh, they helped pay for my abortion, which was a huge relief. 
Um, and, uh, and they offered practical support. They offered emotional support. They were like, do you need someone to talk to you? Do you need a ride to get there? Do you need a hotel? Do you need childcare? Just, they were just like covering me in compassion that I hadn't seen in our healthcare system that I hadn't been treated with, um, that I didn't know was out there. So, um, really humanized, uh, the whole process, for me and, um, you know, made it so much less traumatic than it, than it could have been. Um, and, uh, and when I was working with the, with the volunteers there, uh, they mentioned, Hey, uh, (laughs) there's not a fund in Hampton roads and there really should be, because like you said, uh, it's, uh, it's like seven cities plus, uh, Virginia beach, Norfolk, Hampton, Portsmouth, Newport News, uh, Chesapeake, uh, <laughs> Suffolk. I know, um, trying to recall them yeah. all. You're like, there's so many. You have no idea. Yeah. And, you know, and it's also Moyoc, the Eastern Shore, uh, Williamsburg, James City County, uh, you know, you know, all that stuff. Um, so it's a huge population of people um, that don't, uh, you know, that don't have access or they face barriers to abortion, which is essential health care. Um, so they mentioned that, and that was in the back of my mind um, uh, for a couple of years. And then um, I was in a better place when I saw that very uh, fortuitous um, post uh, that I answered. And um, we had our first meeting in March um, 2001. So uh we are just over a year old. We are. 20, you mean 2021? <laughs> yeah, what did I say? 2021. 2001. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a long time. I thought it just started. <laughs> no, thank you for that correction. No, um, time isn't even real, but uh, I know. We're, we're, <laughs> we're together. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's what got me started. I, uh, I felt empowered after I was able to make that choice over my family size. I already have uh, two sons. Uh, <laughs> a third one would have been a lot. And um, yeah. and if I didn't even, I had another abortion, um, you know, years before that. I had, you know, four kids. You've got a slew of kids. You understand mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the resources you need. And um especially growing up uh uh in poverty <laughs> uh with a lot of trauma and yeah. um you know uh it you need those you need those resources to be present for the kids that you have mm-hmm. um, uh, my i grew up with knowing that my mom wanted to abort me and she tried to but she was not able to she was told not to she faced barriers from uh, my own father um, (laughs) from her and, you know, just from her culture. And, uh, and I resented that so much as one can imagine growing up being told that I can uh, relate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that really, that really fucked with me for a long time until, um, you know, I, right before that second abortion, um, I was just feeling so much gratitude. I was like, wow. Um, 
working with Richmond Reproductive Freedom Project, like I was just overwhelmed with my friends, with uh, my partner, the support that I had, I had access to therapy. Um, and I was just like, wow, um, my mom didn't have this uh, <laughs> at all. And, uh, and I saw the results of that. Um, so I called her and I was like, hey, do you remember when you used to, you used to tell me that? <laughs> Um, and I was like, I, you know, uh, I understand, I kind of understand where you're coming from. She herself went through a, she was raped. She was a, she had, had abuse in her family in her first marriage and also with my father. Um, so, you know, she was going through a lot and she tried the best with what she could. It was really shitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I can see it from a different point of view. And so I had to, I'm like, I have to put that down so I can be present, you know, for the kids that are here uh, so that it doesn't continue. Things have a very, very magical way of continuing until you- That cycle. Um, yeah, until you, uh, you know, name stuff and and break it, so- yeah, that's why I wanted to work with the fund because every person that wants an abortion should should have one for whatever reason, for however many, like uh, it just, you know, everyone should have the access that I had. I wish my mom had the access to an abortion, honestly. <clears throat> I've got um, three older siblings and <laughs> we're not a tight family. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we try our best too. Um, so. Right. I, I mean, I can relate. So my mom didn't have a choice and I don't know if she would have chosen an abortion if she had a choice, but I do know she's resented me. And I think part of the reason she resents me and not my sister, who is my full biological sister. Um, I have two half brothers, uh, from different moms, uh, which I only recently found out about, like as in the last five years. But anyways, uh, no, actually, one I found out about ten years ago. I'm time again. Time is not a real. Construct. Yeah, it's not real. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she's resented me. She's even told me she wished I wasn't born. I ruined her life by being born. And I was like, if she had had that choice, maybe she wouldn't have resented me. Maybe she would have still had me because I have people argue, well, you wouldn't be here. And I'm like, well, at least I wouldn't have been resented my entire life. Thank you. Uh, but maybe she would have chosen to have me if she had a choice. Like she didn't feel like forced to make a choice or not make a choice, but didn't have a choice. And so I can relate to that, that aspect as well. And I understand kids, Kids are freaking expensive. People don't even realize the, you know, these people who are spouting off about like abortions don't even realize the expense that children are like, holy crap. Um, and I only found out about abortion funds a couple years ago. Uh, I think it was, you know, when Trump came to office and they started talking about how abortions were going to be under attack. I mean, they always have been, but like how this yeah. was, this was ramping up. Yep. And I found out uh, by a person I follow on Twitter who was talking about it. And um, I've heard more and more about it because of how many laws that are getting or have been passed and trigger laws that will be passed when Rowan versus Wade gets overturned. Yep. And that people are now going to have to, you know, travel out of state. Um yep 
you know, and that's going to be even more expense that has to be covered. And so I only recently, like in the last couple of years, found out about abortion funds. Yeah, we are already seeing um, peep spillover from states like Texas and, um, you know, surrounding states already. Virginia is. So um, abortion is still legal in Virginia and it will continue to be after today or Monday, whenever they release the decision. Um, but we're going to be at capacity. Um, uh, you know, we already are. Yeah. Um, Connecticut, Connecticut just became a safe haven for people like they passed a law to become a safe haven for individuals seeking abortions and also passed a law that other states, so people in other states cannot come after Connecticut residents for getting abortions. So say somebody was in a relationship with somebody in like Texas and had an abortion, they can't come after Connecticut residents. They can't sue them. They can't do anything. It's against, well, I mean, obviously it's against our law. There'll be a lawsuit. It'll go to the Supreme court. So like how long that lasts, I don't know, but we, they just passed a bunch of laws here to become a safe haven and then increase uh, abortion access in Connecticut. So the thing that funds uh, definitely uh, focus on is the, is the mutual aid aspect um, and and the community building aspect because um, you know historically the courts don't protect especially uh, black and brown people the courts do not protect uh, you know people's bodies um, in the same way so uh, that's good that Connecticut is passing those laws to protect uh, Connecticut citizens and. Um, you know, meanwhile, in Oklahoma, it's becoming, uh, you know, criminalized at fertilization. Yeah. So uh, it's just there's such a disparity in, uh, in inequality and injustice of how laws are applied across our country to uh, to everybody's bodies. Um, so, yeah, I wish everyone had the same choices yeah. uh, uh, and access to health care for their bodies. Uh, you know, that uh, rich uh, white woman will always have. <laughs> yeah, they could get um, on a plane and go to a different country if they needed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and that's, no one, everyone, can I share with you my dream of abortion yes. access? Megan? Go for it. <laughs> um, I, I do dream of one day, it started out as a joke, but I, I, I do actually dream of a day where we have abortion pill vending machines in the mutual aid aisle of your local grocery store slash farmer's market. Um, and, and you can just go uh, and, you know, get um, any, you know, any kind of healthcare you need. You can, people don't even know that you can get abortions by pill. Um, you know, you take uh, one, one miso pill uh, that's short for a much longer name. <laughs> Um, and then the next day you take, uh, four MIFO pills, um, and then, and then you, you recover and you, you know, you go through it. Uh, the, uh, Hergel, we call it Hergel for short, because there's so many letters in there, Hampton Roads Reproductive Justice League. Um, but we have events where we put together, um, abortion care kits, uh, just to show, you know, it's normal, how easy it is to recover from an abortion. 
you just need some pads, regular pads to track your, you know, your blood flow. Um, we put some uh, acetaminophen or ibuprofen in there for, for cramping. Uh, some coloring books, some cozy socks, maybe some tea stickers, um, <laughs> a snack. Um, and, uh, and that's it. And that's my dream that, you know, you can go, you can go and get what you need. Um, and I mentioned this to someone recently and they kind of bristled. They're like, what, how, what about children? What if children, you know, how are you going to protect children from, you know, getting these abortion pills? And, um, you know, my answer was, you know, in, in my dream world, uh, you know, we have a society with compassion and, you know, we understand, uh, how to take care of each other and we respect, um, you know, we respect, you know, bodies and things. And, and then I pointed out that we have bleach under our sinks and we used to sell cigarettes and vending machines. And, um, there are all sorts of ways for, for us to get in trouble. Right. Uh, but uh, abortion is definitely essential healthcare. It's an act of love, um, you know, uh, to to take care of the family that you have here and keep your your and to keep your community safe to raise your families uh, in a safe place. And we've shared quite a few stories on the podcast. Like some of them were talking directly about their abortion um, experiences, and some have mentioned it talking about other things, right? We had somebody on the podcast who talked about how she was pregnant with twins and, and she referred to it as a medical decision as it is. And she, in order to save her life and the life of one of the twins, the one twin who was, uh, I don't, I forgot what was happening. There was some sort of medical issue. They had to do a medical procedure to get rid of the, the other twin. And she said it was a really hard decision. And People are very judgmental of her, but we, so we've had that. And then we've had people that were like, I'm just not ready to have children. And you know what? In a world with a broken foster care system, which we just had an episode about, yeah, a broken everything, no paid, uh, not no, but most, most people can't get paid. Um, family leave. Yeah. Formula shortages, shortages, (laughs) universal healthcare does not exist. There's a a list of things that we could, we could go on about that does not exist in our society that actually has been proven to reduce abortions, right? These things have been proven to reduce abortions, but the same people spouting off about like, they want to make abortions legal. Don't support those things either. So it's just like, you just want forced birth to increase the, like to increase adoptions. Who is adopting these kids? There's 400,000 plus kids in foster care. Where's their adoptions? It's to, it's definitely to um, keep a class of people um, where they are for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to get that upward mobility when you don't have that bodily autonomy and um, you know, poor people, our bodies are our labor. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. We don't have any other capital. We don't have, um, we don't have property. We don't have families with, <laughs> with money to lend us. Right. Um, if, you know, we're, if we're out, we're out, we can't work. <laughs> and then you don't, you don't provide, um, you don't provide support when we're not working. Um, and you don't value raising families. <laughs> yeah. Um, pay caretakers, uh, you know, for, for that, that so important work. I, I'm, 
I feel so, uh, so happy and just so joyful in my life that I had that time with my child to, um, you know, to be with them from uh, when he was uh, delivered back from me because I had a, a, a C-section that I didn't want, but they, you know, they, <laughs> they won't deliver babies for certain insurance reasons and the healthcare system, you know, just giving birth and the maternal health care for, for, especially for black women and, and brown, it doesn't even matter. Billionaires like uh, Serena Williams uh, don't yeah. get listened to. So, I mean, it's scary from start to finish um, having a child. That's a, it's a very, it's a, it's an adventure either way. And you should be able to choose your adventure for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we can't. So <sighs> I was, I always say I'm very thankful that with my oldest daughter, I was giving a choice. Uh, I was a teen mom and now looking back, I was like, I was totally not ready for, to be a mom, but I was able to make a choice, right? My mom, the, the one of the handful of good things she did <laughs> for me. I, I, you know, she actually had her moments, really good mom moments. Of and course. This was one of them. Yeah. This was one of them where she gave me a choice, the choice she never had. Uh, and, you know, she explained, laid it all out for me. Like, these are your options. And, you know, if you choose this option, this is what we'll do. If you choose this option, this is what you'll do. I had that choice. And I'm so thankful I had that choice because I don't resent my daughter. I am not upset that she was born because I got to choose that. And so many people do not get to choose that. And, and that breaks my heart that they do not get to have the choice that I had. Uh, yeah, I made a deliberate choice. Uh, we did that. Uh, we wanted to get pregnant, pregnant and have a child. Uh, and that was, that felt like such a gift mm -hmm. also to, to, you know, to try to do that and then for it to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really a roll of dice and you just do the best that you can um, uh, if you can, because uh, it's hard living. It's hard living in this world. Yeah, uh, I really that's why I really value these <laughs> these insects and these bugs and these trees and flowers, these plants and leaves. Megan, they don't <laughs> they don't have these constructs that they <laughs> I don't know, do they? Uh, you know, I don't want to be so arrogant that you know i don't know what goes on in the lives of these other living beings on our planet but um i definitely appreciate their their quietness and their busyness for sure and their purpose they you know ants oh my word ants are incredibly fascinating to me uh very uh very fascinating oh uh, I do remember I did want to shout out um, a, a book about abortion. Okay. I can definitely link it up. To, tell me what the name of it is. Um, it's called Choice Words by Annie Finch. And it's a it's the first of its kind anthology on abortion in media, um, you know, uh, across a, a large swath of time, across a large swath of cultures and experiences. Um, there are no um, you know, books about abortion, you know, they're just snippets from all intersections of uh, art and history and, and culture and economy. Um, and this, we reviewed it um, in a book club uh, recently, and it, uh, it's, it's a really great read to get into different stories of, uh, you know, different people and their experience 
with abortion. I didn't want to get off track. I wrote that note. Annie Finch choice. No, (laughs) you definitely do not get off track. And I think it's really important for people. I love books to read them and, uh, and also realize like, this isn't new. Uh, abortions aren't new just when they were illegal, they were more dangerous. Like people died from them. They've been occurring since we've been occurring there across, you know, the, the swath of, of time that we've been on earth. Uh, abortion is natural. It's normal. Um, it's, it's essential healthcare. <laughs> yeah. People, people don't understand. They, they get so caught up in like this cherry picking of the Bible and all of this. I had a woman tell me that I am an abomination because I'm not straight. And I'm just like, please tell me where in the Bible it says that. Thank you. Like I've read that sucker like five times. I was brought up in Christianity. Please point this out to me. And then she's going on and on. And I was like, oh, do you follow everything? Because I can guarantee you haven't and you sin too. And it was like a whole thing. And she eventually got really pissed at me because I was spouting Bible verses back at her. And she didn't like that very much. (laughs) No, I, I really go back and forth on like uh, how much I can engage with different groups of people. I can only, um, you know, say the same things over and over. So uh, that's why I really like doing the work that I'm doing because I'm around other people that get it. Um, even though there are, um, there are some, uh, you know, divisions even in the movement mm-hmm. naturally, I guess, um, <laughs> that are very frustrating, but um, it's, it's really energizing to be around other people that understand, um, you know, these these uh, thoughts and ideas aren't radical. They're caring about other people. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, a lot of Christians like, wow, I'm, I know Jesus would be for abortion. I had a, I had a Facebook live with Catholics for choice yesterday. Um, you know, just talking about, um, uh, abortion funds and bodily autonomy and, um, introducing their audience to, to the fund. Um, so I know that there are, you know, people of faith out there uh, that are, you know, that understand bodily autonomy and, and somewhere they get mi- it gets mixed up in this um, very fundamentalist, conservative Christian, uh, whatever, nationalism, whatever it is. Uh, it's very insidious. And uh, it's just so prominent, even in, um, you know, big reproductive justice orgs it's it's hard you know to get away from that and hopefully we can reckon uh these harms that uh that have occurred uh i would you know i would love for children across the country to to learn history as it as it is mm-hmm. an objective truth and and that is is that black and brown people have been harmed and are still enslaved in many ways and and barred from you know that mobile that upward mobility in this country redlining you know everything so um abortion justice is is not just you know is not just a a, a woman's rights thing it's uh it's for all people and uh i i hope everyone can get on board with that sooner than later 
because yeah. uh, it's, it's getting hot on this planet <laughs> <laughs> it sure is and the people just keep being born every day <laughs> it's getting hot on this planet and um <clears throat> and we're gonna have to we're all gonna have to be on the same page uh if we wanna if we wanna <laughs> if we want to continue we go through mass extinctions all the time uh and uh if we're gonna make it we gotta we gotta figure we gotta figure it out that you know human beings uh can should sh- have responsibilities to take care of each other and uh you know universal health care including abortion uh you know why is uh why are why are your eyes and teeth separate from <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Like, can we get it together? We're a developed nation. We're one of the last countries on the planet to, to have any kind of universal healthcare. So, um, I'm worried for us, Yeah, <laughs> but also, uh, energized by us too. Like I said, people are complicated. My mom, my dad, uh, you know, my partner, me, all my friends, you were all, yeah. <laughs> we all were trying to work it out. <laughs> For real. I, I mean, you and I are, people may have figured it out. We're Facebook friends. We've met in real life. We've known each other for years. And yes, I'm definitely a complicated person. Uh, that is a, a, you know, a journey. I'm like, I'm only 36, but I feel like I've been through so much like that maybe like somebody in their seventies would like look at it and be like, I don't know what you you're going on. And then, you know, add mental illness. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and chaos. And oh my gosh, I feel like it's nonstop. And I'm like, oh, and then recently my oldest daughter just moved back in with us. And oh. I, I mean, we don't have the money to just give her money, but we wanted to provide her with like, you can move back in. No, not for free because you're about to increase all my bills, but for cheap. And that's what I can offer is a cheap place to live. I cannot offer money. Like I see these parents all the time that are like, when I have adult children and they need money, I'll just give it to them. I'm not glad you are going to have that money, but I don't have that money. I I have four kids. What I do for one, I have to do for all. And so resources are tight and you got to, you got (laughs) to. you got to allot the best you can. And not only that, but you've got to teach kids how to be independent too. And if you're just constantly giving them money to bail them out of whatever they got into, eventually that's not going to work anymore. You know? No, no, you gotta, you have to learn how to live on earth, uh, ever changing and perplexing as it is and absurd. You got to learn how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, learn that, you know, you have choices and what choices you make that things happen and, you know, <laughs> but back to, back to what we were talking about is, um, abortion. And, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, both my spouse and I have, I've had a tubal ligation. He's had a vasectomy because I'm very high risk. My doctor said, you have another baby, like you're probably going to die. Uh, so how about we don't have any more babies? And I was like, okay, I'm good with that. I have four. I don't think I need any more. And I'm good. Yeah. And I found out one of my ovaries drops two eggs at once. So I have a 50, 50% chance of having another set of twins. So how about we don't? And, uh, so we wanted double protection, but should they fail, which is possible. It's very, 
Yeah, it's very high, highly unlikely both are going to fail, but should it happen, I would need an abortion because I would literally die. And yeah. chances are that fetus would die too and wouldn't make it. And so to me, we had this discussion with the twins because I was really high risk with them and I was having complications and we discussed this and we said, if we had to choose between them and me, we're choosing me because we can always make another baby. We can't make another me. And my life is important. My other kids need me. And, and that's something that people, now that's just one example. We shouldn't have to give a reason, but people need to realize is this is complicated and I'm important. You're important. Other people with uteruses are important. And it's, it's not right that somebody be like, your life is not as important as a bunch of cells. <laughs> right. Right. Um, mm, uh, I was told by a pastor, uh, you know, they were asked, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about, you know, Roe, the overturn of Roe v. Wade? And he said, um, I am, I am happy for the, for the innocent babies, but I'm sad for the mothers. And I'm just like, can you please reckon yourself with that, that you, you leader of a church can you value the life that is here? The language that you use, these innocent babies, they're not. <laughs> like you said, yeah. they're a clump of cells, a blastocyst, you know, whatever. They're it's it's not it's you can still value human life and and value bodily autonomy and grant that person that's making that choice with what to do with their body um all the grace and be happy for them, you know, uh, how, how are you going to build strong communities when your community members are shackled (laughs) such as we are, and, you know, with, with, uh, fraught with, uh, these decisions we can't make, like we have the, how's that freedom? Um, slavery has not, has has only been it hasn't been outlawed it's only been lawed up it's only been uh litigated uh we you know not everyone owns their body and that's that's um (laughs) the government telling people what to do with their body that's not that's not right that's inhumane and i can't believe that our country in the year uh 2022 (laughs) um is uh we, you know, we're not free. And, and it hurts so much that we, as a, as, as Americans, as United States citizens don't feel that we deserve better yeah, than all the rest of the world. I mean, it's not perfect, but wow, governments treat their, their citizens so much better than, than, than we do. And, um, if other countries can do it, why can't we do it? If other countries can have universal health care or access to abortion or any of these things, like why can't we? We're one of the richest nation nations in the entire world. Like, how is that possible? Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't get it. I wish um if billionaires paid taxes, we'd have better infrastructure. Um, it would be safer all the way around. And um, I I wish. Uh, we, we worried about the right things, which is each other and, and not just our small struggles of communities, but every, 
all of us on the planet and how we're connected. Yeah. We're like uh, uh, the, you know, those, the, the fungi, the, I can't even pronounce it the that fuzzy stuff under the ground that connects all the all the mushrooms together they uh and by the way are they're not plants animals uh we just better watch out because uh humans uh we just think we're so great but um we haven't we've only been here a short time in the geological blink of an eye when you know, there are organisms on earth that, you know, we can't even explain <laughs> with our huge brains. Um, so uh, we got, we've got to get it together. I don't know. Mother nature is angry and she's coming for us. <laughs> she's like, here's a plague. Oh, not enough of you died. All right. Here's another one. <laughs> here's some mushrooms to like expand your brain and, uh, you know, catapult you towards uh some universal humanism oh my god what are you doing you're killing each other something's gonna happen (laughs) i was actually joking but not joking that if uh we had another country invade us the same way that ukraine got invaded by russia or is still getting invaded this is not over it's still ongoing um that americans would be too busy fighting amongst each other on what they should do like whether they should side with the country that's invading them or not (laughs) or whether they should you know all arm up we'd be too busy fighting with each other that we would not come together to fight off another country invading us no, we can't even fight off other countries that are committing genocide on their on on citizens, you know, now. Yeah. And you know, we're we have very close ties to other countries that are actively committing genocide uh on people. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we we can't even agree on <laughs> genocide is bad object <laughs> like, you know, across the board, not just, you know, it's okay for these people uh, to be wiped off the face of the earth, but, um, oh gosh, these other people, we gotta, we gotta send them some aid, I guess. <laughs> it's wild. We gotta get it together. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh my yeah, God. We gotta get it together. Like you said, like it's amazing and in, in such a wealthy nation, uh, that things are so horrible. The maternal uh, back to like abortion, the maternal mortality rate, in the United mm-hmm. States is so high in comparison it's to so other cool. countries. Yeah, especially for black and brown women, it's even higher. Um, so we're talking about like forcing people to have children and their chances of dying is actually pretty significant. Yeah. And just no support for for these for these humans after they're forced, you know, just no support up and down uh for 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 the individual uh you know for that tiny newborn uh for the surrounding family um you know there's just no support you know it would be it would be great to live in a in an ideal utopian society and and maybe one day we'll get it maybe we'll figure it out how how uh, um how i would i want to say a, a more empathetic way than ants do it because they are oh gosh i've seen some downright metal stuff you know from nature (laughs) but uh, 
I don't know, maybe we can, we've got to, we've got to bridge the gap somehow. <laughs> or From we're going to tear metal. each other apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've got to find a good balance and I hope that we can. And I think, I think we've got big brains. I really think we can figure this out one day, um, <laughs> how to take care of each other. But uh <laughs> Maybe our children's children's children will figure it out. And that's even if there's a planet by then. Hey, we got to do our part. And that's uh, addressing the trauma in our lives so that we pass less amount of trauma onto our children. So every generation they can do, we can get a little bit better. And that's all we can focus on is uh, just the one step at a time. Yeah. One baby, one, one foot in front of the other. (sighs) So Amy, as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? Um, I, I would like to leave them with that. uh, They have the freedom to, they do. And they, there are a lot of ways to grasp grasp this freedom that uh, is a uh, is quickly eroding away from us. But you have the freedom over your body. Your body is yours. Your consent um, with you should not have anyone touching you or or growing in you without your consent. And for any reason, uh, however many times you need it, uh, you deserve an abortion. You deserve to preserve your resources and and allocate them as you see fit for yourself and your family, for your mental health, so that you can show up uh, the best for yourself and for your communities so that we can take care of each other, um, uh, take care of each other, take care of yourself and and take care of each other. Yeah. However you can, however you can, uh, cause it's, it's hard living in this world when it's literally on fire. <laughs> and um you gotta you gotta take care of yourself so you're strong enough to hold your your people's hands so you can go into it together put this fire out and rebuild a better world (laughs) well amy thank you so much for coming on the podcast today thank you megan it was so great to see your face uh and talking with you again thank you for being a part of the inspired women audience if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a rating review And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.